Welcome to the Gregory Digout Podcast. Well, I want to thank everybody for your generosity. I want to thank you for giving. I really believe that the world of the generous gets larger and larger, just like the Bible says. I'm expecting increase in your life. I prophesy increase over you. I prophesy blessing over you. I prophesy supernatural provision over you and your family in Jesus name. Amen. Well, last Sunday I shared five reasons to be optimistic. And listen, I really want you to get this. You're going to see a brighter day. We're going to see brighter days. I love what it says in Proverbs, chapter four, verse 18. He says the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. It shines brighter and brighter until the full day. You see, this is how God does things. God promises a brighter day, a brighter future, a brighter end of this year and a brighter beginning of the new year. Everything is going to get brighter. Everything is going to get better. That's how God does things. And we'll get to that in just a moment, because we're not going to go back to the way it was. It's going to be better. Everything gets better in Christ. In Christ, everything gets better and better. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. That's the first thing that gets better when you get born again. That's the first thing that supernaturally gets better from from old to new, from dead to alive. That's God's way. God's way gets better and better. I want you to be positive today. I want you to be encouraged today. I want you to to be full of faith today because things are going to get better and better for you and for us together. You know, if you think about God's pattern in Scripture and I've shared this with you before, I want to share it again. He takes us from sin to righteousness, from curse to blessing, from sickness to healing, from death to life, from the blood of animals to the blood of the lamb, from poverty to abundant supply, from old covenant to new covenant, from promises based on obedience to promises based on Jesus, from depression. He takes us from depression to peace, from sorrow to joy, from worry to freedom. You know, I love what Proverbs chapter 418 says also in the Amplified Bible, it says at the end, it says that your path will shine brighter. It shines brighter and brighter. It shines brighter and brighter until it reaches its full strength and glory in the perfect day. I love what the message Bible says there as well. The ways of right living people glow with light. Right living means righteous, the righteousness of God. It's the righteousness, the path of the righteous. If you're born again, you're the righteousness of God and your path gets brighter and brighter and says the longer they live, the brighter they shine. The longer they live, the brighter they shine. I want to prophesy that over you. The longer you live, the brighter you'll shine. It doesn't say um, that we'll shine brighter by what's going on in the world. It says we're going to shine brighter by living longer. It doesn't have anything to do with what's happening in this world. The righteousness of God, the righteous, the men and women who are made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ. It says the longer we live, the brighter we're going to shine. 
So the older, the better. Hey, I feel like my life's getting better because I'm definitely getting older. And you might feel like that, too. But you're going to shine brighter, brighter and brighter, better and better until the full day. Your life's not going to get worse. Your life's going to get better. Your worst days are behind you. Your best days are your next days. It's the truth. And I'm going to prove it to you in Scripture. But I remember that um, I shared with you last week five reasons to be optimistic, because number one, God hears you. Number two, Jesus is touched by your feelings. Number three, it's okay to be angry. Number four, God is doing something bigger than what you see. And number five, the light and revival is always on the other side of darkness. But I want to drill down and double click on number four. And I want to talk about that a little bit deeper today, that God is doing something bigger than what you see. God is doing something bigger than what you see right now. If we could just embrace this reality, he's doing something bigger behind the scenes. Something is happening, something great, something good for you. He's got something cooked up for you better than you can imagine. Beyond what we can ask or think, Ephesians 3.20 tells us. And listen to Philippians 1.12 in the New King James Bible. He says, but I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. He was in prison and he said, this is turning out for the furtherance of the gospel. Why? Because God is always doing something bigger than what you see. No matter what you feel imprisoned by, God's doing something bigger. God's furthering your case. He's furthering your cause. He's furthering his purpose. He's advancing his word in you. He's advancing his peace in you. He's advancing his covenant in you. He's advancing his blessing in you. He's advancing his promotion in you. He's always moving you forward. There's always furtherance. God has taken us further. The gospel is going further. No matter what it looks like, God is doing something bigger in your life than what it feels like, something better in your life than what it looks like. Oh, he's the master. He's the master. And you're the masterpiece that he's working on. And your situation is a masterpiece. It may look like a masterpiece right now, but it's going to be a masterpiece. Believe me, believe me, believe the word of God. You know, the scripture that I've shared many times in Ecclesiastes 3:11, He makes everything beautiful in its time, in its time, in its time. Now, I want you to think about this. I want to take you to Romans chapter eight, verse twenty eight, because this is where I really want to focus on. In verse twenty eight, it's not a uncommon verse. It's a very familiar verse. But there's three things I want to show you from this passage that I want to get to. But let me build it for a moment here with a few translations. Romans 8:28 in the New American Standard. We'll start with that. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good. He doesn't cause all things and not all things are good. Not all things that happen are good, but we know and we know those three words are very powerful. Those three words. And we know and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. And this word purpose has an incredible definition that I want to get to in a few moments as well. But all things God doesn't cause all things, 
but he causes all things to work together for good, for good to those who love God. You know what it means to love God? At least this is where loving God starts is we love him because he first loved us. It loving God is not proven by our behavior. Loving God is not proven by our holiness or our sins or how much we clean up our act. Look, it's always better to not sin. It's always better. But listen, the bigger sin is to not believe in the love that God has for us. It's not to, it's to not believe in the love that he has for us is to not believe in his promises. That's the bigger sin to not believe in his promises, because when you believe his promises, it eventually changes how you live. It changes how you think and it changes how you live as a reflex. Your life becomes a reflex of what you believe. But all things, God causes all things to work together for good to those who love him. And the only way to love him is because he first loved us. That's really what loving God is believing in the love that he has for us. That's where the that's where loving God starts. It, that's where loving God really is defined in my view of Scripture is that loving God is a reflex to his love for us. If we don't need to love God more. We need to understand more of his love for us. And it causes us to believe the more we believe in his love for us, the more we're really loving him. We're loving him by believing what he's done for us. That's really what it means to love God, to believe what he's done, to believe in his love. We love because he first loved us and to those who are called according to his purpose. And you're called you. Everybody's called. Not everybody answers. Not everybody accepts the invitation of his calling. Behold, I stand at the door and knock if anyone opens the door. I will come into him and dine with him. Revelation 320 says so he's called everybody. But you responded. I responded. We're going to believe God for all of our family members to respond, all of our loved ones to respond. We're going to win this world to Jesus before this is all over. That's what this is about. It's all about bringing glory to him by bringing people to him, bringing our lives to him and bringing others with us. And we'll get to that as well. But listen, not all things are good. We realize that. Look around the world. Not all things are good. We look for the good. But look, not all things are good. We get that. Not all things that happen are good. But listen, in the chemistry of the cross, the chemistry of the cross, I want you to think about that. The chemistry of the cross, God takes things that in and of themselves are bad and he puts them together just like a chemist would take chemicals that in and of themselves may be dangerous or poisonous, mixes them to make a medicine that brings healing or just take. I'll bet everybody enjoys a little salt with their food sometimes. Um, one time I had this lawyer. Nobody who um, who we who were connected to now, um, he went home to be with the Lord, actually. But but um, years ago, we were having lunch and he was getting older at the time. This is this was, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 years ago, but he was already getting older at the time. And we went out to lunch and I saw him take the salt and poured out what would be normal on his food. He poured the salt, but he just kept pouring. He just kept pouring. 
and he just kept pouring. And it must have been like five seconds straight of salt just pouring out of that salt shaker. I mean, it made me kind of laugh. And and at the same time, I'm not saying that that's healthy, uh, but um, it was pretty funny at the time. But if you take table salt, it's made of both sodium and chloride. If you think about it, you take those two chemicals by itself, sodium is a deadly poison and so is chloride. Both of those are deadly poisons by themselves. But together they make salt to eat with table salt. The Bible calls us the salt of the world. We're the salt in Matthew, chapter five, verse 13. We're the salt of the earth. This world needs you. This world needs us. We cause this world to have flavor. We cause this world to be preserved from destruction. It's our prayers. It's our presence. It's the body of Christ in this earth making a difference. But I want you to see that in the chemistry of the cross, God takes things that in and of themselves are bad. He takes covid. He takes the financial, economic situation that you might be in or that the world might be in or or he takes the sickness that you might be going through. I'm not saying that he that 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 wasn't his will by itself. Sickness is destructive by itself. Sickness is a result, a result of Adam and Eve and wrecking the world. Right. But God can even take whatever you're dealing with right now and in the chemistry of the cross, turn something that would have been poisonous and hurt you into something that propels you into your calling or into your purpose. Maybe you had an addiction in your life and that in and of itself would kill you. But in the chemistry with the chemistry of the cross. Now you got control of that thing and now you're able to minister to others and help others that might be dealing with the same thing or maybe dealing with grief or maybe dealing with some sort of loss in their life. And because you learned how to navigate through it and because God did something in your life to bring you through it, now you can be a blessing and benefit others to bring them through it. That's the chemistry of the cross. You see God causing all things to work together for good. And I know this is a familiar passage, but I really think that this is the word that God gave me for us in this moment and in this season. And I really want you to get a hold of this. The in the message Bible. Of Romans 828, it says that's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives. Of love for God is worked into something good. The Jewish Orthodox translation, I've never read out of this translation until this. But the words that I want to pull out there is everything cooperates towards everything cooperates towards the good. Of your life, everything is cooperating towards your good. I love what the passion translation says in Romans 828. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives, for we are his lovers. Oh, I love that. For we are his lovers 
who have been called to fulfill his design purpose. For he knew all about us before we were born. Verse 29 goes on to say, and he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. This means the son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. Wow. So much promise in this passage, so much uh, detail in this passage. So we're convinced, he says, that every detail of our lives is continually being woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. Now, listen, I don't believe in a fatalistic Christianity, that everything is up to fate, that we just sit back and everything's just going to happen. First of all, everything that needed to happen happened at the cross. Jesus did it all. But there are some things that we can do that I'll get to at the end here that we can do to activate this woven together lifestyle, this all things working together for good. There is a faith on our part in this. There is an expectation that we can have to contribute towards this. There's a confidence that we can have. And, and again, I'll get to that. But I want you to see in this translation the beauty of this. We're convinced. I want you to be convinced today that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. Well, you got to love that every detail woven together, fitting into God's perfect plan, bringing good into our lives. We're his lovers. Wow. Boy, that's really what God's after. Connection, relationship, fellowship. We're his lovers and we've been called to fulfill his designed purpose. And he knew all about us. He knew all about whatever you would face. He knew all about everything you've been through. He knows all about you. He knows all about the mistakes you made. He knows all about the mistakes you're going to make. He knows all about the good decisions and the bad decisions you've made. He knows all about the good decisions and the bad ones you're yet to make. And he's working it all together, not saying to just go and make bad decisions on purpose. That's not how that works. But I just want you to know that God knows all about everything and still called you. He knows all about the choices you'll make and still calls you. He knows all about the mistakes you'll make and still calls you. He knows all about your failures. He knows all about your dreams. He knows all about your desires. He knows all that's hidden. He knows all the skeletons in all of our closets. You know, gossip is hearing about the skeletons in somebody else's closet. And it's something we should never be a part of. But God knows about all the skeletons in everybody's closet. And everybody's got them. So just be at peace with that. And be confident that God can even use those old skeletons, those old skellies, man. He can use even those things for your good, for our good. He only intends to bring you good. Only goodness and mercy are sent to follow you all the days of your life. You know, 
Let me tell you these three vital things that believing this verse will do in your life by simply believing this verse, as you know, in the verse I share many times, Psalm 27, verse 13, I would have despaired unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. What we believe is our emotions are directly direct. Our emotions, our feelings directly hinge upon what we believe. Everything in our lives emotionally hinges upon what we believe. Our choices hinge upon what we believe that we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. We sang about the goodness of God today. We will see the goodness of God. Believing that changes everything about your life. Believing that changes and shifts your perspective. It shifts your mood. It shifts your attitude. It shifts your emotions. It shifts your relationships. I want you to hear the first thing, all misery. The first thing that happens when you believe this verse in Romans 8, 28. That God, we know that God causes all things to work together. He doesn't cause all things, but he does calls all things to work together for good to those who love you, to you, to me, to us, to the body of Christ, to his family. He causes all these things to work together for good. Number one, all misery is expelled from your soul. All misery is expelled from your soul by simply believing this one verse, this one scripture. All misery. Boy, there's so many people that are miserable because of the situation they're in. But if we would just know that God is causing even that miserable situation to work together for good, to bring you good. Like Joseph said, you guys meant evil for me, but God meant it for good in Genesis 50, verse 20. They meant evil, but God meant it for good. God turned it into something good to bring about this present result. There is a result that God is going to bring in your life through the thing that you thought was a disaster, through the through the thing that you thought was a tragedy. And it very well was and may be that it was. But there is a there is a present result coming. There is a result coming. That is going to show you and make you realize how good truly came out of what was evil. The Bible says God created good, but he shapes evil. It actually says he created in English. It says he created good and he created evil in one translation in Isaiah he created good and he created evil. But it's two different words. One is he's the originator of good, but he's the shaper of evil. In other words, he doesn't create evil, but he can take it and shape it and mold it and turn it into something good. And that's what he's doing in this moment in our lives. That's what he's doing in this moment, in this pandemic. There's no there's no right or wrong to how to respond to this thing. It's just to trust God is the is the way to trust God is the way. It's not 50 percent of the people are right and 50 percent of the people are wrong. It's look, we are the believers and we're the family of God and God is going to shape this thing already shaping it in many good things that are coming out of this and many good things that are coming out of the next thing that happens, the next 
bad thing that happens in this world. God can shape that. It's really about what are we going to believe and what are we going to allow that to do to us? What we believe will change our mood, our emotions, our attitude, our decisions. Boy, when you expect good to come out of something, it, it takes the misery out of the situation. All misery is expelled from your soul by simply believing this one verse. Look, the good things and the bad things. God causes all things to work together for good. The pleasant things, the unpleasant things, the pleasant people, the unpleasant people. You don't have to get mad at somebody for treating you a certain way when you believe that God can even use what they did to turn into something good. Boy, it just takes the knife out of your hand. It takes the revenge out of your heart. It takes the worry out of your mind. It takes the fear out of your future. Everything that we meet in life, everything without exception. Is working together. For your best. When you trust God. It couldn't be written more clearly than this verse says. But the enemy tries to keep us blind to this verse. Or gets us to think this verse is too good to be true. It can't be that good. It can't be that true, but it is. Or we don't take the time to really think about this verse because we know it so well that we just kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Somehow that's going to turn out OK. But but now this changes your mood. This changes your emotion. This changes your relationships. This changes your family. This changes your outlook, changes your perspective. First thing is all misery is expelled when you believe this verse. The second thing that happens when you believe this verse, all gratitude is created. When you believe this verse, all gratitude is created when you believe this verse, because this verse causes first Thessalonians 518 to make sense, where it says in first Thessalonians 518 in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Don't quench the spirit. What quenches the spirit is what 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 silences what the spirit of God is trying to do in your life is not looking at Romans 828, not believing Romans 828, not believing that even in this bad thing we can give thanks in it. I'm not thanking God for the bad thing, but I'm thanking God in the bad thing, in everything. Give thanks doesn't say for everything, but in everything, in everything, give thanks. It doesn't even say in everything, in everything that's good, give thanks. It says in everything, give thanks in everything, give thanks. Even in the midst of a bad thing, give thanks. Why? Because God's causing all things to work together for good to those who love him. And who are those that love him? Those that believe the love he has for them, those who believe the love he has. If you when you believe the love he has for you, you're loving God by believing the love that he has for you. In everything, give thanks. 
That's how thankful you'll be in bad things and in good things. You'll still be thankful when you believe Romans 828. This is like a, an incredible promise that we sometimes take for granted. And you know what? We take the people in our lives for granted. Sometimes we take our church for granted. Sometimes we take our family for granted. Sometimes we have to realize and appreciate, be thankful for what God has given us and value the things that God has put in our lives. Listen, I want to tell you about something here in this verse when he says in Romans 8, 28. All things, God causes all things to work together for good to those that love him and to those that are called according to his purpose. And I want to talk about that word purpose for a moment and then we'll get to the third point about believing this verse and what it does. But the word purpose there is the word prosthesis, prosthesis. It literally is the word presentation and it is used primarily in the Bible of the putting forth or the presentation of the sacred showbread. In Exodus chapter 35, verse 13, it talks about the bread of God's presence. You see what we were created for. Notice what it says, the table and its poles talking about the holy uh, utensils and the bread of the presence that the bread, the body of Christ, the body, the presence of God. You know, we are the body of Christ, right? As believers, we're the body of Christ and God's ultimate purpose in our lives is to carry his presence wherever we go. And that's why this word purpose goes with this word presence. And it's connected so often in the Bible. That the presence is the presentation of the sacred bread. The word purpose is the presentation of the sacred bread. Is what is inferred in this word purpose for we're called according to his purpose. What is his purpose for our lives? It's not about whether you should be a doctor or be an engineer or be a teacher. Those are beautiful things and great careers. But the purpose that which to which we were born. Is to be the showbread or to. Carry the presence of God into every situation. To carry God's presence into this world, to carry God's presence into our homes, to carry God's presence into our businesses, to carry God's presence into our jobs, into our neighborhoods into the others that we share the gospel with. It's really a great calling. It's a great purpose. It's the greatest purpose of all to carry God's presence. And we're his temple, right? He lives inside of us. That ultimately everything that God's doing in your life, the bigger thing that he's doing is he's working in your life to bring about the manifestation of his presence through you that wherever you go, the what the aroma you leave is the aroma of God's presence, the aroma of love, that the fingerprints you leave are the fingerprints of God's presence, the fingerprints of his love, the fingerprints of his goodness. We're called by his grace to put forth his presence in this earth. Bring the world to Jesus. 
or the temple of the Holy Spirit. But as I said earlier, this scripture, believing this scripture will cause all misery to be expelled from your soul. Number two will cause all gratitude to be created in your life. And number three, it will cause total freedom in your life, freedom from needing people to behave a certain way, freedom from needing things to go a certain way today. Things don't have to go perfect today for God to take the imperfect and cause it to turn into something good, to work together for your good. God takes the imperfect pastor, totally imperfect. You're imperfect. We're happy, imperfect people. Amen. He takes me and uses me for his purpose. He takes you and uses you for his purpose. But he brings us total freedom when we believe this verse, it brings total freedom. When you think about it, if all things, if God can use all things to work together for good, then I don't have to react in anger towards somebody who mistreats me or revenge, because somehow God's going to use that situation to work for my good. I'm not going to be offended easily when I know that all things are working together for my good. I'm not going to lose my self-control when I know all things are working together for my good. I'm not going to make rash decisions when I know that all things are working together for my good. I'm not going to become jealous of others when they seem to have something that I don't have. Maybe God's protecting me from something. Maybe God's protecting you from something. Maybe that's why God's causing it to work together for, for your good. Let's believe that. Let's believe this. Let's believe this in our everyday life, in our everyday situations. It'll deliver us from complaining. It'll free us. It completely brings you into total freedom. It will free you from having to avenge yourself. From stealing, from lying, from. Disliking people, it'll free you from hatred. It'll free free you from feeling like a victim, like even something that is really wrong that was done to you. Look, we all have had that happen and some far worse than me. And when that happens, what you believe about this verse is what's going to determine what kind of life you live. Because, man, if you believe, you know what? God can take that thing that didn't God didn't send that, but he sure bends that. Boy, if we've learned anything in this, this pandemic and in this church. What the enemy sends to defeat us, God bends to complete us, right? We boy, if we haven't learned anything, we should have learned that by. Now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It'll deliver you from disappointment. It'll free you from disappointment when you believe this promise. It'll free you from disappointment. You're like, OK, you know what? That door closing doesn't have to disappoint me because God's causing all things to work together for my good. So a better door must be opening. Something different is going to happen. Something better is going to happen. Path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter until the full day. 
What is our part in this? It's really simple. Be patient. Hebrews 6:12 says through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. Keep renewing your mind. The Bible says as we renew our mind to God's way of thinking, to his grace, to his love, to his goodness, to his promises. That we move forward into the good will of God, acceptable will of God and the perfect will of God, that God brings us into different stages, deeper stages, higher stages of his will for our lives as we simply renew our mind. As we simply fast from wrong thinking. What's our part? Invite the Holy Spirit to pray through you. Look at what Romans. 826 says it says that. We have weaknesses, the spirit helps our weaknesses, for we don't know how to pray as we should, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Verse 27. Notice what he says It's as we invite the Holy Spirit to pray through us. Verse 27, for he searches the hearts, knows what the mind of the spirit is because he's interceding for the saints according to the will of God to bring to pass the will of God in our lives. He does that as we invite the Holy Spirit to pray through us as we pray in the Holy Spirit, as we pray in the beautiful gift, invite God to give you the gift of tongues. If you haven't received that gift, invite that beautiful, precious gift into your life. It's so beautiful. And it's one of the ways that God brings about all things working together for your good. The Holy Spirit praying through you with groanings too deep for words that are understandable words in your language. It's a beautiful gift. It's not something God forces on anybody, but it is something God offers us in Scripture. The beautiful gift of the Holy Spirit, beautiful gift of praying in the spirit. What's our part? Give God time by simply trusting, by simply trusting. Do not lean on our own understanding, but in all our ways, Trust in the Lord with all our heart and all our ways. Acknowledge him and what will happen. He'll make our path straight. You see, this is our part. Our part is simply being patient. Our part is simply continuing to renew our mind. Our part is simply invite the Holy Spirit to pray through us. Our part is simply trusting. God will take care of the timing. We just need to take care of the trusting. Maybe you haven't trusted him with your life yet. So I want to pray for you. If you've never received Jesus as we close at this point, I want to pray for you. If you've never received Jesus Christ, as your savior and Lord, pray this with me out loud. Just pray this. Say Heavenly Father. That's it. Just say Heavenly Father. I invite Jesus Christ into my life. Just pray that I invite Jesus Christ into my life as my savior and Lord. I believe Jesus died for my sins. Pray that I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose from the dead. From this moment forward, I'm a child of God. Amen. It's that simple. Jesus did all the work. He died on the cross. All we do is believe it. Whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. If you prayed that prayer, I want to send you this gift. You can download it from anywhere in the world. Actually, the power of a new life. It'll show you the next steps in this Christian journey. Now, listen, folks, it's so important. God called me to lead you. God called me to feed you and to lead you. And I want you to get this book. If you've never gotten this before, get it. It's absolutely free. 
It's on our website, lifechangerschurch.com slash salvation. But I want for all of us. Stay connected. Let's stay connected. Each church responds to the pandemic as the Lord leads that church. Each individual responds as each individual should. Let's stay connected. This is God's direction for our church at this moment. God will continue to lead us. We're following faith and wisdom and the peace of the Holy Spirit. Let's stay connected. Lord, I just bless every person. I just thank you for the freedom that comes. From believing Romans 8, 28, that you're causing all things to work together for good. Thank you for the freedom it brings total freedom. Thank you for the misery it delivers us from, Lord. Thank you for the gratitude that it creates in our lives. Thank you for this beautiful promise. The simplicity of this promise in our lives is truly liberating. And I declare freedom, freedom, freedom from anxiety, freedom from fear, freedom from worry. I prophesy freedom, freedom from pain, freedom from the stress that is happening, freedom from the post-traumatic stress disorder, freedom from worry and fear, freedom from feeling like you're going to miss God's will. No. He's making all things work together for your good in Jesus name. I love you guys. Thank you for the honor of having life changers in your home. Thank you for staying connected. Have a beautiful week and we'll see you at our next service. God bless.